support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. Support for this podcast is also provided by the PDX Executive Assembly, a membership of leaders from Portland companies, led by executives from the Trailblazers, Adidas, Yakima, and more, Assembly's curated cohorts of executives serve to accelerate leadership development and build a meaningful network of peers, free from press and sales solicitation. Join now at pdxexecutiveassembly.com. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. I love learning more about Central Oregon. It's one of the places if I didn't have kids already in school, I would probably move, move to, but I, I do love the Portland area. So I'm excited to have Emmy Andrews, who's the executive director for CODA, which is the Central Oregon Trail Association on the show. Hey, Emmy. Hey, Dan. Nice to be here. So I know we got introduced by a mutual uh, acquaintance slash friend who, who lives in Bend. And, you know, I'm really curious. I think we can talk about a lot of things, of course, your organization, but just Central Oregon in general, the growth. So maybe a, a good place to start is just tell us a little bit about CODA. What is it? Yeah. So CODA is a nonprofit for starters, and it's it's Central Oregon Trail Alliance. So Alliance. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> we get that a lot. Our mission is really around trail stewardship, essentially. So we're we focus mostly on mountain bike trails because historically, you know, mountain biking is a newer sport and and there's been a need for a lot of advocacy to sort of get yeah. more trails for mountain bikes, but really it's non-motorized trails. You know, all of the trails that we maintain also allow foot traffic and and many of them allow equestrians as well. Okay. So yeah, we're just, we're working, we're, we're covering all of central Oregon. We have six chapters. So we have Bend is our biggest chapter. There's definitely the most trails near Bend, but there's also, you know, Redmond and Madras to the North, Mm -hmm. County Primeville to the east, South Deschutes, which is like Sun River and Lapine area mm -hmm. to the south, and Sisters to the west. And so all told, we take care of about 600 miles of trails. So we just oh, wow. we cut out all the trees that fall over the winter and sort of block access. You know, we take care of drainage and erosion problems. We mm. for mountain bikers, you know, we build features like jumps and drops and rock features and maintain all of that. And yeah, it's just a it's a really unique thing and a pleasure to do it. So when was Coda born? We were born in 1992 and it was sort of a Mountain biking was starting up and trails were popping up on the National Forest west of Bend. Yeah. And, and it was it they needed an organization to properly interact with the land manager and advocate for those trails to be legal and on the map, you know, versus mm -hmm. like non-sanctioned trails in the woods. So that was the genesis of 
the nonprofit. Yeah, and you think of Central Oregon as someone who's uh, you know from Oregon. You think of outdoor recreation, right? So I, that's what I do. I think of mountain biking, trail, a lot of things, of course you know, snowboarding and skiing and, uh, snowshoeing and all that. So are you from the area or how, how, or like, are you, uh, just a mountain bike enthusiast? How, how did you get involved in this? Yeah. So I moved to Bend in 2008. Didn't really know anything about it. My husband got a job in Bend. And so it was like, all right, I guess we're moving to this place. And then we quickly realized <laughs> <laughs> like this little paradise. And I got into mountain biking, was not a mountain biker before I moved here, but there's so many trails and the trails here are particularly friendly to people that are getting started out in the sport. We definitely have a lot of easier trails, which makes it nice when you're newer. Um, and then, yeah, found out about CODA, became a member, and eventually joined the board. And then we were, CODA was all volunteer until 2021. And then we kind of okay. got to the point that it was like, we can't do that. We can't do everything we're called to do in an all volunteer way anymore. So we decided to hire staff and then, you know, went through that process. And the board did choose me as the first employee and executive director. So, um, how I've been in that role for almost two years and we, and we've managed to bring on two more staff too. So we're a staff, awesome. which is great, but we still very much have a working board and a ton of like 14,000 hours of volunteer time. Wow. Year. So, yeah. Well, it's just, you know, uh, from a perspective of business and growth, it's probably, so you said it was two years ago, you, be, you became executive director. Is that right? Yeah. January okay. and I'm assuming that kind of kind of aligns with just the growth in the area is that kind of right or I mean the maturity of the organization and, and all that but I'm assuming like as the Bend area has grown the trails are being used more they're just it, 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 you know it kind of it seems like it was a, a good timing for that is, is that something <laughs> to do with probably, that we probably should have done it a few years sooner in retrospect, okay. you know, just really keep up with what is going on. But yeah, the growth in Central Oregon is phenomenal. And I'm sure, you know, talking about the history and of the organization, I'm sure those first trail builders never thought, gosh, we're mm. laying groundwork for something that's going to come to really define this area, right? Like, right. The, I mean, I talk to people all the time that are, I mean, granted, I'm in the trails world, but they tell me like, I literally moved here for the trails and for the outdoor recreational opportunities right so it is we started this little nonprofit, and now it's yeah that is really defining the quality of life the cultural you know the culture a lot of the driver uh -huh. um like in this area and it's just kind of weird to to be in that position you know that was never something we set out to do but it just happened through love of the sport and love of trails so like you say you, it's interesting you said the cult is it the culture of just kind of the area is that recreation, the outdoor. Do you find that's still the heart of it? Is it changing as it's growing a little bit, Bend? Or, I mean, like you mentioned too, a lot of people move there specifically for the outdoor kind of opportunity. So has that changed at all? Or Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I'm so in this world of trails, you know, to yeah. me, the perfect Bend day is like go on a mountain bike ride on the trails and then like go mm -hmm. to a brewery for dinner. And so I... <laughs> To be fair, I definitely think the recreation spectrum is really expanding and, you, yeah. know, you know, organizations like Visit Ben that are sort of promote, you know, they're promoting a wider spectrum of tourism and kind of promoting shoulder seasons and kind of rounding out that picture of like everything Ben has to offer. And honestly, as it's grown, 
you know, some people are, they pine for the days when it was smaller, but, you know, personally, <laughs> sure. I have lived in larger cities most of my life. And like, I think it's just getting fun, right? There's a lot to do. Right. There's never a dull moment. And yeah, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. No, so I love that perspective. That's true. So what's kind of next for the organization and what's next for kind of the uh, system of, of trails there? And I don't know, you know, if you do races, if you put on events like that or what, you know, I'd love to learn about that. Yeah. So Coda's mission, we're still very much like our niche is the trail stewardship, like uh -huh. planning for new trails, building trails when the land managers approve them and maintaining them. So, you know, a lot of the group rides and races and like teaching kids are sort of mm -hmm. done by other organizations. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that is amazing work, but it's just kind of different scopes for different organizations. Largely, those are nonprofits around town as well. Yeah. And I mean, we're just, we do have a lot of, uh, there's actually Eco Northwest, which is like this kind of economic. Um, no, I know. Eco Northwest. Yeah. Yep. I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they did a survey, some sort of study of the Deschutes National Forest specifically. And, and on page 15, it says like mountain biking is still the most underserved recreational group in terms of number of people participating and trail miles that are specifically mm. managed for mountain biking. So there's definitely opportunity for growth, the sport is growing and, and the types of riding experiences and providing a variety of riding experiences still very much top of mind for Coda and just doing that. It's, it's definitely, you know, working through the land manager approval process is a long, a multi-year sure. endeavor because yeah. there's so much they have to balance with needs of wildlife and just planning for fire risk mitigation and yeah. different things. So, but that's, we spend a lot of our energy kind of on that planning for additional trails, kind of letting our other chapters sort of in the smaller cities drive what they want for their communities. Like, mm -hmm. do they want a skills park for kids or do they want trails? You know, what, what do they want? So we definitely let those communities drive kind of what they're hoping for. And mm -hmm. yeah, we just, we hope we'll see, Right now we're maintaining 600 miles of trail. We're hoping to get it to like 750 or a thousand, both through adopting trails that already exist that don't really have a volunteer group that's taking care okay. of them and through building more trails. But that's like a 10 to 20 year horizon. Okay. Uh, well, I want to shift the conversation a little bit. I mean, it, you are a nonprofit, but essentially I view, I mean, I'm, I've been on the board of nonprofits. You're, you, it is a business in a sense. You're running you know, you have a PL, you're fundraising, you know, money, that's your sales. I look at it as revenue. So let's let's talk about just like that aspect. You're, this is a new role. You're essentially the president of the organization with a bunch of volunteers. How has that been? I guess I wouldn't say I, you know, I don't I don't know. I'm not saying it wasn't professional before, but it's like professionalizing a little bit the organization and putting these systems in place. How has that been? <laughs> it's definitely been a challenge. I mean, I come from the consulting and project management world. So unbeknownst to me, that was actually really good training for the sort of distributed hierarchy. You know, we're not mm. not very hierarchical and people are sort of doing all kinds of projects and filling a lot, wearing a lot of different hats and coming from consulting. That is a good background for that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely, yeah, I, uh, sometimes I tell people I feel like I'm running a 30-year-old startup because there's like, we're 30 <laughs> years old as an organization, but in certain areas, 
processes are not very well developed, you know, sort of how yeah. we do things and, and what we do and what that looks like. And it, we're still building a lot of those structures. So it's a really just dynamic time. You know, sometimes we're like looking for trend indicators in our data and we're like, we just don't have it because two years ago, right. we were an entirely different organization. And, and so to say, you know, how we do things is just really in flux right now in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I can appreciate your consulting background, how that would be really, you know, beneficial coming into stepping into the role you have. So as far as, you know, every nonprofit can relate to this, uh, the fundraising part of it, or just the, uh, you know, I don't know, donation part of it. So tell me how you approach that. Like, how's the support locally? What kind of things you, you do? Or are there any new things you've implemented that might help now, other folks that are listening that are part of nonprofits or, you know, yeah, interested in that. it's it's so interesting. And, you know, I don't have a background in nonprofit fundraising, so I hope <laughs> I'm doing a good job. But, um, you know, we we're a member nonprofit. There are two types of nonprofits, member, non-member, and we are a member nonprofit. So we do advertise membership and people pay like a small membership fee. Okay. Thirty dollars yep. is so that in the in the past when we didn't have staff those memberships were kind of enough mostly to sustain us with, with some various grants, you know, here and there mm -hmm. for certain projects. And then, you know, now we have really had to build much more of a culture of fundraising within our board and, and within the staff and kind of figure that out. So, I mean, luckily we're, if you want to feel good about the world, like be in nonprofits because you just see the generosity of people every mm. day. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's really amazing. So what people will give in terms of their time and financial contributions. So we're, we're really growing our major donor um, pool. And that has just been really about relationships, you know, the same way we have relationships with our volunteers. And like, I know them all. Yeah. And we're friends. We've just really tried to build that with our major donors, because it's like, you know, time is money and that mm -hmm. donation so significant. And then going after grants, I've been getting a lot smarter about going after grants and sort of how to do that and how to tell the story of your project mm -hmm. without falling into the like chasing the money where you're right. going, you're changing what you want so much to fit the grant that you're not following what your organizational priorities are, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lesson mm -hmm. that everyone who goes after grants should learn and and be aware of. You know, it's like stick learn to tell your story the way grants need it done, but yeah. don't, don't not go after the things that are truly priority for your organization, just after grants, you know? No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cause I could see how like chasing that and shift, even like shifting your story to bend to each particular one. And you can kind of stray from um, some things. So you talked about the major donor program for, so what is that? I guess, What's the definition for you? Is it individuals? Is it corporations? Or how does that work? Uh, I guess we kind of differentiate, and I don't know if this is typical for nonprofits, between, you know, individuals who are giving significant sums and businesses. And we kind of just kind of track those two things separately. We do approach okay. businesses. Um, we're with businesses, we're seeing a trend kind of towards wanting to do um, – more like event based, but, you know, rather than a business mm -hmm. just being like, here's a check for, you know, X right. dollars. they want to be like, let's put on a fundraising event and, or let's, you know, we'll give people 
discounts on our product. And when they buy our product, then you will get some amount of the funding. And so that's, that's been really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very individual and, and lots of different permutations of sort of how businesses want to give lately. So just kind of navigating that. Um, yeah, hmm. but the major donors is more, you know, the individuals who are giving at, at a high level and kind of supporting the organization in like a multi-year way. And they yeah. are just, they are the, they are the gold. Honestly, I appreciate yeah. them so much. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. You said about the businesses, how they're, some of them might be approaching it more as <laughs> I, hate to, I had to be cynical about it, but almost like an advertising uh, uh, campaign a little bit. Of course, there this is a give back, and any funds would go to it. But uh, I don't know what the what the I guess if that's a trend or just uh, particular ones, or maybe that's just how they have to be. But that's really interesting to hear that they're kind of ma- making it uh, in a way that's like tied to sales and give backs or. Maybe it's always been like that. I don't know much about that world. So I don't know, but it is a really, it's a changing media environment for them, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. telling an authentic story that you're partnering with a nonprofit and that you're supporting a nonprofit is like a, is kind of a way to create something newsworthy and also something that aligns your brand with good things, you know? So it, mm-hmm. so it is, we do kind of talk about it with the term brand partnership um, sometimes, mm. but it, but it comes in a lot of different permutations. And I think both sides, both the nonprofits and the businesses are kind of feeling out how to do it and what is successful and not too time consuming for, for both sides, you know? Yeah. That is really interesting. It's, they look at it as like a brand partnership uh, in some aspects, similar to they would of other things they're doing on their kind of uh, marketing. But um, this offers the opportunity to be, authentic obviously and giving back to something that's hyper local too so that's that's cool and i mean the majority of, of ben too is still a lot of small businesses right i mean i, I don't know some what bigger businesses are there um but majority is still small businesses is that right kind of in the area yeah so yeah. many small businesses a lot of entrepreneurship locally yep. just just very very vibrant culture over here in that way and tying into that, you you know the entrepreneurship. So the person that you know connected us was uh, Robert and, and Julie from uh, Cascade Seed Fund, who um, you know they are investment firm. And Robert lives in Bend, I believe. So have you gotten tied into some of these like tech op- entrepreneurs or like, and are they you know a lot of like I said folks move there to start companies, their whole world of remote and all that. So ha- has that been something you've kind of started to? get in the community with Robert introducing some of these folks. And I assume yeah. some of them are pretty new to the area. It's just, I would feel, I think we're just sort of starting that, right? Robert joined mm-hmm. our board in June, okay. July. So we're just kind of starting that. I went to like a Cascade Seed Fund meet and greet that was cool. kind of starting along with the Ben Venture Conference. So that's a whole yeah. new world for me. I mean, I talked to people at that event that were talking about patent equity and things I'd never Heard <laughs> right so that was exciting i always like to learn about something i know nothing about so yeah 
Yeah. Well, thanks for, you know, indulging me a little bit on the, the, the quote unquote business side of nonprofit. I think it's really interesting. Um, and of course, what you're doing and the work you're doing, the, the, the mission of it is um, just, you know, thanks for, for as someone who visits Central Oregon quite a bit. Um, you know, thanks for, for doing the work. So where can people find out more about CODA and just you know, uh, maybe connect with you? Yeah, well, of course, we're on all the social medias. We're on, you know, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter as CODA MTB. So MTB like mountain biking. Um, that's our little handle on all the social medias. And then our website is CODAMTB.com and tons of information there. So would love to for people to check it out and learn more about us. And there's an email address on the website that it's just like a generic contact at, and it goes to me. So I'm okay. happy to hear from people. I, I hear from other trail organizations all the time that are trying to get started. They're curious about how to work with land managers successfully right. that, you know, they got different kinds of questions. I'm, I, I am a big believer in like lifting all the boats. So I'm happy to talk to anyone, you know, that's interested in what we're doing and maybe even leveraging that for their own organization. I love that. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. I, I look forward to uh, visiting some of the trails and know that you're, you're powering the work to keeping them, uh, you know, keeping them great. So thank you. Yeah. If you visit, give me a shout and I'll take you on a ride. Awesome. Sounds good. The PDX executive podcast is a production of that cast a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.